Today on Clear Approach, I share a funny story about where in the world I have been for the last three months. And then we go over some changes from the FAA, one of which is just huge. All this and more coming up on the Mayo Clinic Clear Approach podcast, your home for aerospace medicine that matters. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Van, your medical co-pilot, coming to you, like always, from the Mayo Clinic in snowy and icy Rochester, Minnesota. Now, I know it's been a while, quite a while this time around since uh, we last had an episode, but this time, at least I've got a moderately humorous, educational, and ironic story to explain my absence. So hit the autopilot, Kick your feet up on the throttle, grab some coffee, and listen up. All right, so my story starts all the way back in September of 2022. Now, thanks to my work and all sorts of different aerospace stuff, I had the pleasure of being asked to come and speak at the Civil Aviation Medical Association meeting all the way down in sunny Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ever since the pandemic started, pretty much my business travel had completely stopped which is very different for me. So I was excited finally to have the opportunity to go somewhere, especially for aerospace stuff. And with the pandemic seemingly winding down, I felt like this trip would be pretty safe. I was fully vaccinated, of course, and despite working on the front lines for the last two years, I had never gotten COVID. And sure, my kids had been battling some sort of upper respiratory virus for a few weeks before my trip, but I figured it was just because they were back at school because we all know that schools are basically giant Petri dishes and they kept testing negative for COVID. So as the trip approached at the end of September, in addition to packing my business suit, I also excitedly packed my swimming suit with grand plans for some post-presentation pool partying. Now, you probably already know where I am going with this, but uh, just humor me here. Sure enough, the morning of my flight, I awoke feeling less than stellar. I had a minor cough, a sore throat, some pretty significant muscle soreness. So with that development, I of course did what we all do these days when you start to feel sick. I shut my mouth, didn't tell anyone, and went straight to the airport. No, no, just kidding. Of course, I then tested myself with one of my home tests, and fortunately, it came back negative. So with that, I grabbed my bag, took some Advil, and headed over to the airport. Now, by the time that I got to Albuquerque a couple of hours later, I really wasn't feeling any different. just felt like I had a maybe a moderate cold. I was even feeling decent enough to go out for a bit of a long run, which is something I normally enjoy doing when I go to a new city. It's a good way to, to see the area, I think. And uh, in this particular time, I got to see the Rio Grande, or I guess the remnants thereof, because uh, there was a drought. And lo and behold, my running route took me right by a Walgreens, so I actually ran in, um, I guess quite literally, and grabbed a few COVID tests just in case things uh, turned in the wrong direction. And I actually retested myself when I got back from a run before dinner, and I was still negative. So I figured, okay, it's just a cold that I just got to get through. Nothing that uh, a nice hearty Tex-Mex dinner couldn't fix. So I had dinner, hit the sack, woke up the next morning, and when you know it, I am feeling awfully close to my critical angle of attack. Unfortunately, Everything was worse. My sore throat was worse. My muscle soreness was worse. And now I was dealing with headaches. 
Now that day, all I had to do was give a one hour long presentation. So I figured, okay, I'm just going to solve this. Like I solved many things in medicine with coffee. So I pounded some coffee and said, well, if I can just get through this lecture, everything's going to be fine. And then I can rest up, maybe even go for a run later on that day. As the morning passed, the coffee just wasn't doing the trick, unfortunately. And I kept feeling worse and worse, even up to the point where they did my introduction and I climbed up onto the stage underneath the hot lights. Now, doing this whole story, I haven't mentioned the word fear. And that's because I've only now gotten to the point in this whole adventure where it would be the most inconvenient and super annoying time to get a fever. So there I was, just starting the first few slides of my talk, and I start sweating like a Cirrus pilot trying to hot start an SR-20 in the Mojave Desert at midday. I mean, sweat just pouring down my face and onto my glasses. It was quite embarrassing. And no, this has nothing to do with being nervous about speaking in front of a crowd. I do this all the time now. So this presentation of perspiration goes on for like 20 minutes and it's getting worse and worse. I mean, it's so bad that at one point I was holding on to the sides of the podium with my hand because I thought I was just going to pass out. But fortunately, just like that, everything stopped. I felt better, I felt cooler, and I was able to finish the rest of the lecture and answer some questions afterward. Pride and ego unscathed, but certainly more odorous. As soon as I was done gritting my teeth, I made direct to my room whipped out another test, and bam, you guessed it, I was positive for COVID. As far as I know, I am the only person in the world that has literally come down with COVID and fever while giving a talk about COVID. I feel like I deserve some sort of badge or something. Maybe I'll just put this all in my CV. Now, this is an educational podcast, so yes, my story has some learning points for you all out there. First, Please note that the home COVID antigen test can be falsely negative. If you are feeling cruddy and you take the test and it's negative and you still feel cruddy and all the signs point to COVID, don't be afraid to take it again and again. Case in point, my kids were sick for about two to three weeks before my trip. They never tested positive for COVID. Second learning point, the absolute worst and most annoying time to find that you are positive for COVID is the day before you were about to fly back from a business trip. Now, I will admit, even though I'm a physician dealing with COVID all the time, I can't keep up with all of the isolation and quarantine recommendations out there. So what did I do when I tested positive? Well, I did what everyone else does, is I went to the CDC website to read what was on there. In my particular situation, I was required to isolate for five days from the start of my infection or my uh, positive test date. So yep, you guessed it, I got to spend the next five days isolated in my nice, but not that nice, hotel room. During my time alone, I invented the phrase Netflix and blood clot, and I pretty much tried every single possible iteration of in-house margarita. And unlike some of the stories that we heard about Omicron, where symptoms were very mild, just felt like a cold for maybe a day or two, I was pretty down and out with fever and chills. For that entire five days. In fact, I was barely feeling any better by the time that I could leave my room. And I wondered if I was going to be okay on my flight back. But fortunately, I was. I did mask the entire way back home. And once I got home, it was much better. But still, it took me a couple of days to get back on my feet. And the final learning point from this story, COVID is still out there. And it can totally suck to get it. 
So keep on protecting yourself and maybe avoid things that are not absolutely necessary. Like, say, going to a mega concert with thousands of other people a few days before you're supposed to travel for business. I'm just saying that's uh, something I heard from a friend. All right, for today's medical topic, I just want to provide some new updates from the FAA regarding a variety of medical conditions, one of which is a major, major update that I am so happy to hear about. The first two of three updates that I want to mention involve, well, you guessed it, COVID. And the updates uh, occurred on 10-26-22. First update involves the Novavax COVID-19 vaccine. Now, just in case you're not familiar, the Novavax vaccine is one of the newer COVID-19 vaccines approved for use in the United States. And what's interesting about it is that it works in a different way than some of the previously approved vaccines from Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. The Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and Pfizer vaccines, they work by using something called mRNA, which is a form of genetic material. And that material is taken up into cells and it causes some of our cells to produce parts of the coronavirus. And those parts, they go on to induce the immune system to form protective antibodies. And as you probably have heard, this is a very new way to do vaccination. And that has understandably caused some folks out there to be leery about receiving the vaccination. The Novavax vaccine works differently. It uses a piece of the coronavirus, something called the spike protein, to induce our immune systems to form protective antibodies. And this method of vaccination is something that's been done for a very long time for things like shingles or HPV. What does this mean for you as a pilot? Well, first of all, the Nova vaccine is approved for the use by pilots. But just like the Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and Pfizer vaccines, there is a no-fly period of two days after each vaccine dose. And that's just to make sure that a pilot doesn't experience any unique side effects. The next update involves my particularly favorite topic, long COVID. Long COVID has finally made it in to the official guides for aviation medical examiners. And it's pretty much a no-brainer. If a pilot has symptoms consistent with long COVID, well, their certification needs to be deferred to the FAA for further consideration. Okay, so that's it for all of my COVID updates. Now for the big one, the one that you have all been waiting for. And to release this information, I am going to defer to my great colleague, Dr. Clayton Cole, another senior aviation medical examiner here at Mayo Clinic. Well, thank you, Dr. Van. Yes, we have some news from the FAA that we received recently pertaining to pilots that are currently under special issuance for either major depressive disorder, dysthymic disorder, adjustment disorder with this depressed mood, or for any condition for which they've been prescribed a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, the SSRIs, um, that uh, many, many of you are familiar with, such as fluoxetine or Prozac, sertraline, Zoloft, citalopram, Celexa, or escitalopram, Lexapro. Now, some of you may recall, and obviously those that are on special issuance with an SSRI, know that for class one pilots, every year they need to take cognitive screening, uh, namely with the CogScreen AE uh, screen, and then any other testing deemed appropriate by a neuropsychologist. Those with a class three exam 
um, would need it every other year. Now, the big change is the FAA announced recently that after they studied 425 pilots uh, holding a special issuance authorization on an SSRI, they determined that routine COGSCREEN AE administration is no, long, no longer necessary for renewal of an SSRI special issuance authorization. And again, I underscore renewal because they still are requiring it for the initial, but the uh, burdensome process of taking the COG screen every year if you have a class one or two medical and every other year if you have a class three medical has officially been ended. So that's great news from pilots. It's good to review also uh, if you do have one of those diagnoses that I mentioned, and you are on an SSRI, the process has certainly been eased over the years for obtaining a special issuance authorization. Um, and, it, and keep in mind that you need to have been stable on one of these drugs for six continuous months um, before applying for your medical. And uh, also, uh, you cannot have had a history of either psychosis, uh, suicidal ideation, prior electroconvulsive therapy, or treatment with multiple SSRIs at the same time. Uh, so uh, this is a great uh, news item for pilots. It uh, certainly lessens the burden for those on an SSRI that hold a special issuance authorization. And so uh, again, I think the FAA continues to make strides in uh, easing the process for pilots and are basing that on good objective data to keep our airways safe. Back to you, Dr. Van. Well, thank you very much for that update, Dr. Cole. And also thank you to the FAA for finally making some progress in how we handle mental health issues among pilots. Well, I hope you have all enjoyed today's story and its learning points, as well as the updates that we shared from the FAA. As always, remember that this podcast is an offshoot of our teleconsulting service for pilots called Clear Approach. If you're a pilot out there and you've got a question about your health and how it may affect your flying, you can go to our website by visiting any web search engine and typing in Mayo Clinic Clear Approach. After creating an account, you can send our team of aviation medical examiners your question and we'll get back to you in a few days. Now, normally there is a fee associated with this program, but through the holidays, we are running a special. During the checkout process, if you use the coupon code TURKEY, you can get your question answered for free. Until the next episode, sometime in 2026 probably, I wish everyone a wonderful and safe holiday. This is Dr. Van, your medical co-pilot, wishing you great flying and even better health. (laughs) 